With many new ways to advertise to potential customers, we often forget about the oldest and most trusted form, that is, referral marketing. A Nielsen study showed that consumers still thought of word-of-mouth advertising as the most trustworthy. 83% of consumers say they either completely or somewhat trust recommendations from family, colleagues, and friends about different products. However, even if you have happy and satisfied customers that love your service, they still might not recommend it to others. On today's episode, we're going to be talking to a business owner who's driven eight years of growth through referral marketing. Welcome to Fractal Marketing. My name's Jared Doyle, and this is the podcast for entrepreneurs who want to grow their company through smarter marketing. The goal of this podcast is to provide you with marketing tips, strategies, and insights that will enable you to grow your business. You'll hear from fellow entrepreneurs who share their learnings and insights on how they're growing their businesses. You'll also hear from marketing professionals who will give you easy-to-execute marketing advice. And of course, you'll be hearing from me. You might be an accountant, a graphic designer, a recruiter, or a startup founder. But if you're the best-kept secret in the industry, then your business is just not going to grow. Let's get into this episode. So, Joe, thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, absolutely. Happy to be here, Gerard. Thanks for having me on the show. Of course, of course. So, I'm really excited. Today, we're going to be talking about referral marketing, and you're going to be lending your years of expertise, both in marketing and as an entrepreneur, and sort of explaining what we were discussing all about referral marketing. But to do that and set the context, I think it's important that you can explain a little bit about what Ideal Payroll Service does and your business, and that'll set the context for everyone who's listening. Yeah, absolutely. Happy to. So I was in the corporate realm for a few years doing sales and marketing and, and the stuff for the big guys. And I left there in 2011. I started my own business. So I went the entrepreneurial route and my company's ideal payroll service. So what we do is we get employees paid and we keep other business owners away from the IRS or the tax man. So we'll, we'll get the employees paid. We'll pay all the taxes associated with the payroll stuff. And then we get into some ancillary services like time and attendance, HR, benefit administration, some of that stuff. But really, if, if a business has employees, we do all the legwork and the grunt work behind the scenes to get them paid so the business owner can focus on what they do. So that's what we do day to day. And that's who we serve as other small businesses. It's not the sexy stuff. It's the stuff that has to be done. And it's the Far stuff from that it. goes yes. wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so how do you pitch? I mean, that's what do you do? You're pitching sort of saying, hey, look, we'll do all the stuff that you hate and you can focus on the stuff that you love. Is that the way you go in? That's exactly it. You know, everybody, uh, if you're going to grow your business and scale your business, it's important to hire, right? You got to put a good team in place. And part of doing that is doing all the stuff that that nobody knows about or you know you don't know what you don't know behind the scenes of being in compliance. So yeah, exactly. We go in and say, "Hey, we can we can help you out. We can do all that stuff. Let us take it off your plate. You make the pizzas, you know, you build the websites, you do what you do best. Focus on that. We'll do everything else so that you're good to go on on the main revenue driving activities that you can do as a business." Love it. That's appealing to me. I don't have staff because it's not not the way I I structure myself, but I've run teams before and it's one of those ones where you, you just ended up doing it after hours. It became that thing that you'd finish your work day and go, right, now I have to do that important thing like payroll and, and get it out right. and get it all done. So <laughs> exactly totally appreciate right. your positioning. So, okay. So you've been doing this business for eight years or thereabouts. How over that period of sort of eight years, I mean, when you, you, you obviously have to start from zero, can you run us a bit through how you've grown the business over those eight years? Great question. You know, we, we did. We started at zero. So like I said, I left corporate. I uh, had zero clients, zero revenue. So that was always fun <laughs> at the beginning. But, <laughs> you know, it really came down to uh, leveraging relationships and 
you know, perfecting our pitch, obviously, but a big part of that relationship building was getting referrals from other contacts. So we would market to certain industries like the accounting industry, for example, that goes hand in hand with payroll, right? My company, we're not accountants, we're not CPAs, we're not doing business taxes, we're doing payroll taxes. So it's kind of an ancillary product to the traditional accounting. So we would go to CPAs and say, hey, this is, you know, we're better than the other guys. This is what we do different. When you get a client that comes on on board and says, hey, I, I need this, refer them over to us. So that was our, our really our tactic from the beginning is to leverage relationships and build upon those so that uh, long-term, you know, well, number one, we didn't have any money to spend on ads. And then, and then long-term, <laughs> you know, that word of mouth would continue to spread and, and we get more and more referrals from sources like that. So it's interesting that you talk there about accountants and and their customers are your customers. Is that do you see that as being you know, probably key to what you did? Because I mean, obviously, you could have gone out spoken to someone who, for example, has like a I don't know a rubbish bin business, right? And their customers probably aren't your customers. And so, was it key for your launch that you sort of honed in on accountants and said, okay, these are going to be our target referral partners because they've got you know similar or, or closely aligned customer bases? A hundred percent, Gerard. And, and that's that's something for anybody listening out there to to really hone in on is hey, if if you have an industry, whatever it is, if you're a restaurant, if you're in you know, a web design company, if you're, you know, in the trash business, whatever it is, there's somebody else after the same customers you are, right? So you have to figure out what industry of that. It, let's say you're you're selling homes, right? If you're a real estate agent, the mortgage guy is going to be after the exact same customer that you are, right? So, so you guys are marketing to the same person, different products, but same person. And so it just makes sense to find those people. Now, the real, what we learned is that not everybody, number one, not everybody wants to refer business, right? So some of them might have a, an old college buddy or, you know, somebody, that they've done business with for years and they're, they're not going to refer you any business. So you've got to find the people in the right industry, number one, and then number two, who are open to referring you and your business. And some of that comes with time. You know, even if they have somebody they've worked with over the years in your own industry, they might, maybe that person closes up shop tomorrow. You don't know, right? So it still might pay off dividends to build those relationships. It'll just take a little longer. But the key is, yeah, exactly what you said. Find an industry that is a similar target market as you and then find the right people within that industry that are willing to refer you business later on. So you say willing to refer your business and it's a slightly awkward conversation to sort of launch into. It's a bit kind of like going from a casual conversation to asking someone out for a date, right? It's it's right. <laughs> how do you approach that? Because it's like you can be having a great conversation and you basically you're saying, Hey, can you send me some business? I want to do it. And and do you launch into that with like commercial deals and, and commissions or, or what's how do you start that conversation? Yeah, it, it might really depend on who you're talking to. So yeah, there there is you know revenue share agreements and things like that that some people are going to be interested in, and it may be worth your time and money to do that. So you might give a kickback for every you know every lead they send you or every closed deal that they send you. So that's an option certainly. We don't usually take that approach, honestly. It's more, you know, and the reason, let me back up there. The reason we don't always take that approach, Gerard, is because that that also changes the expectation in the relationship, right? If the customer knows that, okay, they're getting a kickback to refer this guy, maybe they're not referring him because of the service. Maybe the product isn't that good. Maybe they're only referring because he gets a kickback, right? So you got to be open and upfront about that. Not saying that can't work because it can. And, and we've done some of that before we've experimented with that. It's just not our main main way of doing it. But to open the conversation initially is, is hey, you know, you want to take care of hey, Mr. You know, XYZ company, you want to take care of your customer. We want to take care of ours. You know, your customers may be looking for this service. It makes you look better if you have a reliable resource 
to refer out. You know, so you can can market yourself that way. And again, a lot of it is just building that relationship saying, hey, you know, we're after the same people. But here's the real key. If you want the real, you know, if your listeners want the real key <laughs> to getting this done, you know, whether it's up front or if it's a little bit later, if you refer them. So again, you're after the same customers, right? So if you've got a handful of customers even, you can still refer out to other individuals, right? So again, if you're the mortgage guy, you can refer out a real estate agent. If you refer them one, two, three deals, they're automatic, it's human nature. They're going to feel obligated to refer you back. So they absolutely will you know, jump on and latch onto that relationship and refer you some business back. So there's a long answer. There's a couple of different ways to go about it, but really it's just a matter of establishing that relationship. And one more thing, I won't go too long on this, this question, but one more thing I failed to mention is, you know, it's cliche to say bring value, but it's true. So, you know, you, you mentioned earlier, you know, do you go into a commercial pitch? No, you don't want to do that. But, you know, in our example for, you know, marketing the CPAs, we'll, we'll say, oh, hey, Mr. CPA, did you know there's this new payroll tax law out? It gives restaurants a, a huge break on the tips that they pay. They don't have to pay taxes on the tips. And we'll actually give them information on that new payroll tax law. And so we're not only educating them, but it gets us in front of them at the same time. And you can spin that different ways. You know, obviously Christmas time, you can bring gifts, but the more educational those types of things are, the more, again, they're going to see you as a resource, not just a salesperson out there trying to make a buck. You touch on what I really like there is this idea that rather than going out and just making it a crude commercial transaction is to give the referral partner something or some way to make themselves look better. And if you can do that, then that's a probably a value add back to their core business. And that removes that stigma. Like you said, oh, you're just doing that because you're going to get some commission or you're going to get a kickback. I like the idea that you can add something to their business. And it's, I guess the difficulty with that is, and you said this is the secret, or the secret was the reciprocity what's the what's the word i'm thinking of yeah yeah reciprocity i think that's fair yeah yeah i think that's the word yeah it's that kind of it's that kind of theory but what what i like is this idea of adding value but it sounds simple but it's probably really hard to do i've got absolutely no idea if there's a secret formula and i'm probably putting you on spot then you go there isn't one jared but it's that idea of <laughs> what what do you you know how do you make the person look good because i, I would imagine that the referrer is much more likely to refer if they're going to make themselves look good. So they're adding value. So have you got an example or is there a, is there a formula or is there a way to approach this or a framework to sort of come up with this so that they look good? Like how do you make the accountants look good for referring your business to you, for example? Well, first and foremost, the most simple thing is to take care of the client. So you know, number one, want to call, you know, once you get a referral in, so let's say they email and say, hey, Larry needs help. Here's his number. You call that person right away, right? Don't let it sit on your desk, even though you might have a hundred different things to do, but you make that a priority. So the, the entire process of your onboarding and your sales with this person that was referred to you, you make it a hundred percent priority above and beyond anything else, you know, any cold calls or any other online ads or any any other ways of marketing businesses coming in, take care of those referrals because that that right there is going to make them look good because they're going to go back to that person and say, hey, Joe really took care of me. He was great. Thank you so much for that introduction. And if you can get to that point, you know, the, it's going to snowball from there as far as how many more leads and referrals you'll get from that person. So step one is, is just take care of them. You know, number two, you know, you can offer like a, a, a discount or something to the referral and say, hey, you know what, because of your relationship with so-and-so, we're going to knock off a hundred bucks, whatever it is, you know, you can make something up, get creative with it. Or, you know, here's a free tutorial guide on how to do X, Y, Z, whatever it is, you, you can add some value there for them so that they don't have to create anything, but you can actually build in some value on that. And again, it makes them look good because, hey, they're the ones that made this introduction. So you can get creative with it. There's a couple different ways to go about it. But number one, first and foremost, take care of the lead, take care of the referral, make sure you're on top of it. Yeah. I think, you know, you, you explained that and 
I just remember yesterday I had a someone referred to me, and it probably isn't a, a paid gig, but I I sort of threw everything at you know this referral and sort of gave them the best advice I could. I jumped on a video chat, and what was amazing to me was the person who referred them to me then forwarded an email where they thanked them for the referral. And just as you said that, I just thought, yeah, this is what it was. They so someone referred a potential client to me. I sort of threw everything to sort of look after them, but it was out of obligation to the person doing the referral. And then the amazing thing was they forwarded me a snippet of the email where they thanked them for the referral because of the value I added or whatever it was. So, you know, whilst that hasn't necessarily isn't necessarily going to result in actual business for me. I've ended up with a referrer and a referee who both, in theory, really like me. And I think it's probably worked out quite right. well. So, yeah, I can, <laughs> right. I can see I can see how this how this snowballs and, and and sort of grows your business. And that's you know I can see how that's going to to really work. I when it comes down to and people start to think about money or you know someone sort of says, look, I'm we're a large accounting firm. We'd like we'd actually like to get something back. How do you go about? What's the thought process you've applied in working out? the kind of commission or referral or kickbacks? Because, I mean, you could pay through services, you could pay commission, you could pay a revenue share. What's the logic that you've applied in any kind of deals that you've done in that way? Yeah, that, that's a great question. Honestly, in my my experience has been case by case. You know, if, if it's a, an accounting firm or, you know, a bank or somebody that refers a, a lot of business, then you're going to want to up the ante a little bit. But, you know, typically there's a revenue share is the way we've done it. So if this client brings in you know, a thousand bucks or whatever it is, then they'll get, you know, 10, 15%, whatever, whatever you agree upon. You know, part of that is making sure that the deal's still profitable for you as a business, right? So you gotta know mm. your own numbers. You gotta know your own margins and say, okay, well, also I, I should step back there as well. You know, do you have salespeople working for you? Because you're gonna pay them a commission on this deal. Now you're paying the referrer a commission on the deal. You know, again, you you've got to add all that up and, and just know your numbers. That's number one before you can do anything and start offering, you know, kickbacks or, or revenue shares out there. But once you know your numbers, then you can really hone in and say, Yes, this makes sense to give five, ten, fifteen percent and knowing the lifetime value of your customer. So maybe you cap it at a year. You say, I'm gonna give you twenty percent for the first year. After that, you know, they stick with you five more years and and that's free revenue. Yeah, that makes sense. And I I think it's a difficult formula to work out, particularly if you're a service based business. So if you're business to business, it, it is really tough because it's you know, if it's a product and you've got defined margins, okay, nice and clear. But if it's service based, yeah, you know, it's not you don't normally do the work with with an idea that there was a cost associated with it. So yeah. Yeah, I think case by case, which that's frustrating, right? You know, like you, sometimes right. like a formula. So twenty like percent, okay, cool. That's what I'm going to do. But you know, yeah, it's not that it's not that simple all the time. Not always, no. Yeah, there, there's not a magic way to do it, but you just got to see what works for you at that point. So thinking about those referrers, and I'm trying to get in my mind's eye an idea of the spread. So you've got a bunch of customers who all are potential referrers. Is there a real spike? Is there like a is there a lumpy side of this where you sort of say, hey, I've got a thousand clients or a thousand referrers, but actually it's the top ten percent, it's the top five that drive all the referrals. Is there is that the case? Because I in most of my experiences, there's a handful of of people who make most of the referrals. And if so, what what does what do they look like? Is there is there a commonality between the people who are more likely to refer than the people who aren't, if you follow my, my train of thought there? Yeah, that's another great question. And the answer is, yeah, it's the old, you know, 80-20 rule or 90-10 rule, whatever you want to call it, that, you know, your results are going to come from the 10 to 20% of the the total there. So absolutely, that's what we see. You know, we in our world, you know, we'll classify group, we'll group them basically A, B, and C. And we'll say, okay, group A is is our top referrals. There's a top 10%. Group B, you know, it's kind of that next tier, maybe that 20 to, and then group C is at 50%. You know, maybe we see one a year or something like that from them. 
so we'll group them together and then we'll we'll base our marketing calls on that. So we'll we'll hit, you know, the the top referrals that you know, we'll spend a lot of time building those relationships even more with that top 10%. Not as much time with the second tier and then, you know, maybe just once in a while. You, you still want to maintain those relationships, but you can't can't spend the same amount of time on somebody's, you know, hardly going to refer you as as those top ones. So hopefully that that gives you an idea of how to work that that 80-20 that 90-10 rule. And and as far as your question as to what do they look like? It really is relationships. You know, there, there might be somebody you really click with that you guys are on the same page. Maybe, you know, your families are similar. You both have young kids. Maybe you grew up in the same area of town. Maybe you like the same sports team, whatever it is. It's all about relationships. You know, the, the people that like you are going to send you business. The individuals that you're not quite on the same page, they might not. Now, you can overcome that with consistent results. So if you can prove yourself to somebody and say, hey, you know, look at these results. These clients love me in this introduction that you made that one time. You know, sometimes you can break down some of those barriers, but that's just a form of relationship building, right? You're just, you're continually building those relationships through the years. And, and ultimately, that's what it comes down to is we do businesses with people we like. Yeah, I think that talks to what we spoke about at the beginning there. It's not about as much about the commission or the transaction. It's about the people, the relationships and that trust and that trust that, hey, if I refer someone over to Joe, he's going to look after them. And that's that's more important. And and it's that relationship between you and that other and the referrer that makes a real difference there. So look, I, I, that makes sense. And it makes sense in so much as that's what I've experienced as well. So, you know, sample size of one, just looking at me. Yeah, that that, that resonates. So that makes sense. So outside of, so referral marketing is great because it's, well, it's considered to be relatively free, but it's, it's a multiplier effect on an existing base. So, you know, if you've got zero referral marketing, you know, zero clients refer zero clients, you need to build it up. So, you know, outside of referral marketing, what are, what are the other kinds of marketing or what other areas have you explored over the last eight years to help grow your business? You know, honestly, we've relied almost exclusively on on the referral marketing. Now, we've done some, you know, again, it's the 80-20 rule, right? So that's that's where we kind of flipped. That's where probably 80% of our time has been spent is developing those relationships. You know, within our client base, you know, we've experimented with some things as far as you can do things like obviously cold calling and things like that. Nobody likes to do that. You can do those. Your results are going to be, you can make them happen, but it's going to take a lot longer, right? So we really focus on the low hanging fruit and say, hey, you know, who do you know versus let me go knock on doors. And you can kind of turn those, you know, those other types like a cold call into a, a warm lead. Let's say I'm at a customer's place of business and they're in a, a strip center with, you know, 10 other businesses around there. Just ask them the question, say, hey, do you mind if I, I'm going to go call on these businesses anyway? Do you mind if I use your name and tell me that you're a client? Likely they're going to know these people and say yes. Now you can walk in and say, hey, you know, Billy down the street uses our service. Do you mind if we sit down and chat? So there, there's ways to turn cold calling into a little bit warmer lead. You know, so we've experimented with some of that. We've done a little online advertising, not a lot, honestly. We just, you know, here and there just spent, I mean, under a hundred bucks at a time here and there. But really it's it's all been been referral marketing and word of mouth and, and those relationships is really been the key. We do get some some calls from just you know, organic searches, you know, so that's obviously picked up the last few years. People will search online for our, our type of service and then organically we will show up. Part of that is through reviews. So, you know, it's kind of a different form of referral, right? You, you can proactively ask your customer base to review your service for Google. That's huge because when those organic searches do pop up, you know, you're popping up right there at the top of the list with, you know, more reviews than your competitor. That's a good thing. So I, I would give that advice. If you can ask your customers to leave a review, that's a, that's a huge thing and a big bonus with the the Google juice that's out there that we need for the SEO. It's interesting. So both of those suggestions that you've made there are a slightly different tangent. When I think about referral marketing, I think, you know, this is someone referring customers. But what you've done there is given people 
or potential referrers sort of really explicit instructions. And the, you know, the one about the you know, writing a Google review, I so last week my daughter stepped up and she's going to do violin full time next year. I say full time, but as a as an elected subject. And so we had to go buy a violin, which is, you know, not a cheap expense. And we went in and we just we had a great time. You know, the whole violin buying experience of the, the shop we went to, which is local to me, was fantastic. And then I got an email that said basically it was quite explicit and said, if you've really enjoyed, you know, the service and your time, please leave us a Google review. And they, you know, they link straight through to it. And by giving me that explicit ability to do something like really clear instructions to become a referrer, I was able to go in and, you know, and I wrote, you know, three or four lines. And actually wonderfully, they responded to what I wrote as well in real time. So I was, I looked at that and went, that's a, that's a business with hustle. Like they were, I really liked what they were doing, but touching on the point that you made there, you know, I think about when I first thought about referral marketing and having this chat, for me, it was sort of in my mind, it was, you know, you leave it out there and you hope that they do something for you. But the last two examples, one asking for Google reviews and the other one asking, hey, can I use your name if I contact these businesses? This was asking for permission or, or giving really explicit instructions. Is that, I don't know if you can talk more to that, but it seems to me as a way to sort of say, look, referral marketing is passive. You kind of sit back and you hope that it happens. Those two examples are sort of explicit instructions in a way you can actually proactively drive your business through referral marketing. I wonder, are there other examples like that or particularly around that permission, you know, hey, can I contact these customers and use your name? I, I kind of like that approach. It's it's referral marketing, but proactive referral marketing. is. I don't know if, if, if that's even a thing. And if it's not, let's write an article and get it out there and claim proactive <laughs> referral marketing as a, as a marketing right. strategy now. Right, right. No, I, I agree 100%. You know, I always say you make your own luck, right? So yeah, you can sit back and think, yeah, I'm doing great and I'm going to wait for this phone to ring with a referral and it may never come. So you got to make your own luck. Go out there and, and ask but ask in the right way, right? You don't want to say, hey, pound them over the head. <laughs> Who do you know that I can call? But you, you can do it in, in a little more strategic ways. You know, another another way to do that is you can, you know, let's say you've got a customer in the, the air conditioner business, whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. You could Google other air conditioning businesses, their competitors in the industry, right? And they're going to know some of those people. And, and oftentimes they'll collaborate on different projects if one does something or, you know, something like that. And you can take that list to them and say, hey, who else on this list do you know? Do you mind if I use your name when I call them? So that's another way to proactively, you know, use the industry that they're in to see who else they know or, or associations. You know, over here in the U.S., we've got the American Bar Association for Attorneys. You know, attorneys join this association. You, you can pull a list of that and say, hey, who else in this city do you know that I can call on? You know, things like that. So you can get lists and actually from by an industry standpoint or a location standpoint, whatever you want to make it, proactively ask for those referrals. But, you know, no matter how you do it, honestly, you, you want to be specific. So if you are going into whether it's a, a good contact of yours or whether it's a customer of yours that you've only known for a few weeks, if you're going to ask them for referrals, you've got to get their wheels turning because likely what's going to happen, you're going to say, hey, you know, our, our, here's a script. O okay, Mr. Client, our business is driven by word of mouth referrals. We would love to know who else we can serve. Is there anybody you know that we can call? And they're going to sit there they're going to look at you and say, you know, I, you're right. I love you. Let me think about that and I'll get back to you. And then you're never going to hear from them again until you ask. <laughs> so that's what's going to happen. So you, you've got to get those wheels turning and you can say, hey, Mr. Client, you know what? I'm really interested. We've had great luck helping auto care centers. You know, any, any auto mechanics, we're, those are the best prospects for us. They're the best clients for us. Who do you know that's an auto mechanic? Or who do you know that's a real estate agent? Or who do you know that is in the healthcare industry? Whatever it is that you're looking for, narrow it down for them and avoid generalities. And, and that, that will, they'll say, you know what? 
my friend, uh, yeah, I went to college with him. He's a fraternity brother. Yeah, give him a call. Use my name. So you've got to drive that boat a little bit. You've got to make your own luck and, and really push them into, yes, here's an answer versus I'll get back to you later. I like that. And it really speaks to, you know, you're talking about being specific. And on the last three podcasts, I, I've had the same conversation where I say, I say niche and Americans say niche, but but the concept is that the word means the same thing. And, <laughs> right. and it's finding that niche and saying, hey, I want to be the best at this. And you need to be really specific. And if you do that, it makes it really easy for people's brain. Your brain doesn't have to work so hard. Like you said, you sort of say, hey, we're going to provide payroll services for auto mechanics. And they go, hey, I know an auto mechanic. And then, and then it's kind of done, whereas you can leave a vague open question and it's really hard to make a referral. And and the example I always use and I always think about is when you make restaurant referrals, like, where do you want to go to eat? It's like, oh, it's a really hard question to answer. And then you switch it around and you say, hey, let's take the families out to eat Mexican. Where do you think we should go? And it's like, well, okay, now it's got to be family friendly. It's going to be for a big group. And it's Mexican. It's like, it's all of a sudden your brain goes, hey, I know a Mexican place. It's here. And we can, you know, it's it's an easier question. So I think removing the choice, removing the the breadth of options actually makes it more likely for people to give you a positive answer. So I love that. But the other thing I wanted to touch on that you sort of, you lightly touched on, sorry, that I want to sort of explore a bit more is arming the people with something. Now, you sort of spoke about a script there. I mean, I never occurred to me that I would even think of giving someone a script, but what else have you or could you give to people to help them with the referrals because you know making a referral is hard to do it's like hey you should meet so and so so what do you give do you have collateral do you have lines do you have promos what do you what are the kind of things you can give to a referrer so that they can, it makes that introduction easier to to make yeah, that, that can be difficult sometimes. So, you know, what we do to make it easier, it kind of goes back to earlier when we were talking about uh, bringing value and educating. So let's use your restaurant example. So if we go into an accounting firm and say, hey, uh, there's a new tax law for restaurants. Did you know that? Oh, you didn't? Well, here's all the details. By the way, what restaurants do you know that would benefit from this? So you really can tie in some educational material and that value you're bringing and then lead that directly into asking for a referral. So, you know, oh, there's a housing crisis or whatever it is. You know, here's some information on how this affects your customers customers, do you know any anybody that's looking for a home that I can call on? You know, let's say you're a real estate agent, something like that. So you've got to kind of lead into it and then ask for it. You have to ask for it, but you can bring educational material, make that a little easier to get to that ask versus just firing off, you know, in the beginning, who do you know that I can give this to or that I can service? It's, it's really about bringing that value. And, and then you can do different leave behinds, you know, to remind them that, hey, you know, we're the number one payroll service for auto centers or whatever it is, whatever your industry is, you know, you can, if you want awards, things like that, just leave little reminders, you know, this is what we do. This is what we're good at. This is who we serve. So however you can work that in to your conversations in a strategic way and in a, a human way, you know, don't be a sales robot, but you can work those types of things in and get to that end point of asking for the referral without seeming like you're asking for a referral. Yeah, it links back to what I was saying at the start. I, it is a slightly awkward situation. It does feel like you're moving from, hey, this is a great conversation to would you like to go out on a date? <laughs> I've got this habit. I use dating as an analogy for things. I've been married for forever and a day. I, <laughs> I didn't really have a, a dating life. I met my wife early. So why I use that as an example, I'll never understand. But anyway, <laughs> I think I just try to imagine what dating would have been like. Right, Joe, look, I've loved chatting with you. And I'm sure people listening to this have come away going, oh, I've got some stuff I need to do and I need to explore this a bit more. So if people want to sort of learn more of your wisdom and I and sort of ideas where are the best places online to, to find your pearls of wisdom oh uh, I appreciate that you know the best place to find me is gonna be on LinkedIn so you can just look me up 
Joseph Silva. I go by Joe, but Joseph Silva on LinkedIn. You can also go to my website. It's just my name, Joe, J-O-E, Silva, S is in Sam, O, V is in Victor A. So joesilva.biz, joesilva.biz. And you can connect with me there as well. And, and do I remember you have a podcast or you appear on a, a podcast regularly or is that, have I imagined that? No, no, I do, I do have a podcast. So if you go to my website that's there, it's called Local Business Talk. You can find us on iTunes, on Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, you know, wherever you listen to podcasts, uh, we're out there. It's called Local Business Talk and, and we cover stuff for small business, Main Street business, a local business success. That's our goal there. Uh, and, you know, if I had have actually looked closely at joesover.biz, I would have actually seen that there's a, a big <laughs> get our episodes button right in the middle of it. So I'll link to those in the show notes and make it nice and easy. So if you've got this on an iPhone, you can flick up, click on it, check out Joe's episodes. Joe, thank you so much for your time. I've really enjoyed it. I've You've given me tasks that I need to do in, in my business life. I Whenever I chat to someone and I'm they're going, oh, I don't do that. I really need to do that. So I've got to go away now and write a little list for myself of things to actually make referrals marketing work for my business. So look, even if it's just me, I really appreciate your time today. Cheers. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. I hope we were able to provide you with some great marketing ideas that'll really help your business. As always, if you'd like to support me and the show, just jump onto iTunes or wherever you're listening to this podcast and rate and review. Those reviews really make a difference and help me reach a broader audience. If you'd like to connect, the best way to find me, of course, is on LinkedIn follow me on social media or just connecting. And if you've got ideas for future episodes or you're a marketer and you would like to appear in a future episode, just hit me up on LinkedIn as well. I'd be happy to have a chat. Thanks a lot. And I look forward to speaking with you next week.